go cruise back in the house plus one everybody say hello to jordan largesparta hello hey guys it's me jordan (laughs) (laughs) that was good largesparta (laughs) in the world oh man it just went downhill i've never heard that name right in my life (laughs) no well you're not gonna start now either (laughs) no Okay, go ahead and say it the right way. Well, I know how to say it, but say it. All right, guys. This is for all of you guys in Cuba, because I know you guys know actually how to say it. That's but funny. <laughs> it's Largaspada. 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 I think that's actually how you would say it if you were from Georgia, because that's where my dad's yeah, from. Well, that's the- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because oh my gosh. I said it with a Georgia accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I, is the best. I, I, I appreciate that, Jordan, but I'm going to still call you Largaspada. I like that one too. Yeah. <laughs> how funny was that? All right, all right, guys. Here's how you say it: George Rogers part of it. I mean, I love that. That was default in my brain. I like know. when I think my last name, I think about it how my my grandpa says that, it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Love that. But it's really not that hard. It's just Larga Spada. Yeah. That's right. Some people are Larga Spada, Larga Spada. Yes. I, I sometimes say largest pasta. Largest pasta. <laughs> I don't know. Now everybody knows my name. I can see, so. how, that would, <laughs> I can more, see how that would slip, Jacob. That's so close. <laughs> yes. More, uh, so more close. trivia. You know, on my last name, it means large sword, by the way, if anybody was wondering. Nice. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, what a manly name to have on a podcast, a man's podcast, right? And in the room, Jordan Large Sword. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? Yes, my subjects. <laughs> oh, man. Oh my gosh! Speaking, speaking of subjects, we have a big audience right now. I was yeah, noticing on the on the data last week, we had people logging in from Peru. Did you say Cuba? Peru, Cuba, Alaska, Alaska. Lots of so either some a wide range of listeners, or you've been really active on the VPN. <laughs> <laughs> one of the two. One of the two. <laughs> Jacob's been bouncing around the world, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Today Change we're going to visit España. <laughs> <laughs> Man, everyone's listening. That's crazy. Go to comedy and visit Mr. Lagerspata. Pastor <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ron, yes. what you got for us today? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. My, I love this topic. Living with power, purity, and purpose. Okay. In, in other words, those are the rings. It's obviously a, a play on words there, Lord of the Rings. Here's what I mean by that. Um, when Okay, I'm a, I'm a dad of three girls, mm-hmm. and a big moment um, at some point in their life is to give them their purity ring. Uh, when they all turn 16, uh, they get their purity ring. But, you know, listening um, to dads of sons, it's like, do they give them a purity ring? Is that a big thing? Like, how do you build purity um in them years gone by you know there was like a uh, a conference or whatever i don't think it's anymore but true love waits or something like that oh, yeah. you know do, do they go there and make a vow to never kiss anybody until like they're 42 like what do they do i don't know <laughs> you know and and <laughs> something like that i haven't kissed no i'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. wait yeah. Yeah. i don't know I, well, Jordan. Well, well. <laughs> 
You know, there was an Instagram that just went <laughs> oh, out. Oh, whoa, okay. Oh, so if you didn't know it, Jordan is dating my youngest daughter, and I love it here. The uh, My son-in-law, Jacob, called him out. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's just, you got to do that sometimes. He's like, yeah. keep it real, Jordan Large Sword. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I have, a, I have a quick story for you guys, right? All right, let's go. Here goes. The first time me and Ryan kissed, yeah. Jacob was literally in the same room, just like behind a wall. <laughs> and he called our names right after we kissed, and we peeked over. And right? I knew the knew by the faces. I'm like, something just happened. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, their guilty faces were like, huh? Uh, we were like, we we're like, yeah, what's up? What's up? <laughs> now, wait. Did you know they were in the other room? I knew they were up there, and then... And then he like needed us for something. I don't remember. What yeah, was. I, had, I had a question. <laughs> but we were like, oh my gosh. That, that's awesome. I love that. I, I love that. All right. So I have a story of, of Rayleigh and Jacob the first time kissing, but we'll save that oh, for another oh, podcast. Oh, that was oh, good. Oh. I, I know. I, lo- I honestly love that one, right? Oh, She's my first good. daughter. Anyway, all right. I'll get you guys are dying to hear it. You're like, yeah, you can't yeah, wait to a future podcast. So I don't know. It was like our second or third date. I have I don't even know. Like how maybe yeah, we dated for a few dates. There've been yeah. a few dates. Yeah, just a few dates, and then it was like right after being official. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Right after being official. Okay, so picture this: um, my um, house, the the garage, had a window in it um, that faced <laughs> the street where Jacob's car was parked. And so Rayleigh and Jacob are like, "We're going to go say goodnight. We're going to go do this or that." And I'm like, you know, cool. Like. I mean, and I think I was getting ready for bed or something. It was like 9.30. I don't know what I was. I went out to the garage and just walked by the window because right at the window was like my little tool um, shed area. And so I went to pick something up there. And out of the corner, of my, like the top right corner of my eye, I see the two silhouettes. And I'm like, is that really? And as soon as I said, is that Rayleigh and Jacob? They went in. <laughs> like oh. heads, went, heads went in together. And I, I looked, but then I looked away. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, did I just see like my oldest daughter, like her first kiss happen? Now, the truth was, it looked like two chickens trying to find out which side of the head to go on. Like <laughs> they, they struggled for just like half a second. It was kind of <laughs> awkward, you know, I mean, but it was so funny. I went back in. I went, I went, Raina, I literally just saw Ray and Jacob kiss for the first time. And she's like, what? You know, in a, in a fun joking way and so forth. Anyway, that was such a funny um, story. All right, but let's get into this because... We were just reviewing. Um, this could be about an hour and 15 minute worth of material. Now, look, if you're on the treadmill, I've had so many guys tell me, like, you're using the podcast to time your workout because you need to work out for like 45 minutes. Like, I've had a lot of guys tell me that. Um, we're not going to go for an hour and 15 minutes today. <laughs> you're going to um, get an extra workout. <laughs> yeah, even though we did just talk about the the, the, the competing for the triathlon, we're, we're not going to do that today. Um, so we are going to sort of hit some hit the high points, but there's so much stuff that's here that's awesome. Okay, back to it. Um, so girls get purity rings. Mm. Girls are are taught by their mom and their dad, or should be at least in our house they were, on what purity looks like. And I know there are many fathers that have sons that talk to them on like how to treat a female, how to treat a girl, on you know. How, your first date, like I know those conversations are being had, but here's the point. What are men being taught about purity? We we know what sort of, in some respects, what power look, looks like, maybe. We're going to define that. 
but even even purpose. Okay, so for years, I'm telling you, for years, I have watched men struggle. Mm-hmm. Now, these are men that are in life groups. They are in Bible studies. Yep. They're even in one-on-one accountability, like they're doing like covenant eyes kind of thing. I have watched men struggle to rise above the simple level of accountability. And all we do, and I hate to always talk about pornography, but I'm just using this as an example, okay? I have watched this for years. Most men only think they need accountability when it comes to pornography or or and they and that's that's sort of all that we do. We don't ever deal with teaching them like the overall role of purity and the power in purity and the purpose that comes from being a biblical man of God. I, the, the unintentional message over time is this, that in order to be spiritually mature, I mean, this is what most men hear. In order to be spiritually mature, I have to be consistent in my devotions and not look at pornography. Mm. If I had to sum up what most mm. men mm. Yeah. Are, are delivered, and there's so there's so much more yeah. to the, to being a man than just that. Like, I need you to be consistent in your devotional reading and don't look at pornography. Earmuffs, Jordan. It's not that black and white. <laughs> it's not. No, it, exactly. And it's not just relegated to just those two things, okay? We have set such a low bar for men mm-hmm. that um, we train them to be lazy. We train them to be selfish. We train them to be insecure. We train them to be ambitionless because the bar is so low. We raise a generation of men to literally like check spiritual boxes, mm-hmm. like go to men's group, tell everybody you didn't look at pornography, you didn't yell at your wife, you didn't kick the cat, and you read the Bible this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we raise a generation of men that check spiritual boxes and then let them live for the Xbox. Wow. All right, we got to stop that. Mm-hmm. Here's what I believe. Here's the whole basis of today. I believe men are capable of so much more. Mm. I do. And I believe they're so much capable they're capable of so much more in Christ than just Bible reading and self-control. Now, I'm not diminishing reading the Bible in this in this episode, nor am I diminishing self-control. But we're going to amplify that, okay? Yeah. And so I love it. I, I think men are just made um, made absolutely for so much more, okay? So now, to when I Rodney, did you? Watch, I didn't really get into wrestling, but did you watch wrestling at all? No, I never really got into it. Yeah, because yeah, totally I knew it was fake. fake. Yeah. yeah, I was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and well, another topic, but I never was really fully entertained by watching men in tights. But whatever. <laughs> um, we'll move on from that topic, you know. <laughs> But I think it was Ric Flair. Did Ric Flair say this to to be the man? You got to beat the man. Was that Ric Flair or one of them? Uh, I don't know yeah. if it's Ric Flair. You can tell all the all the guys that are watching wrestling right now are going, "No, how did you get that wrong?" He's like the <laughs> who that guy's the Michael Jordan of wrestling. But anyway, my I, favorite wrestler said that. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Don't don't hurt my feelings. Um, so Rick, it was Ric Flair. It was Ric Flair. Official. All right. But here's what I believe: to be a man, you got to act like a man. Mm. Yeah. Now that may sound ridiculous. That may sound like, well, I I know that, but remember, we're defining here. We're we're telling this episode. This podcast is all about men want to be men, but it's 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 manhood's been attacked, so it's gone underground, and men really don't know like what that means. So since we have such a low expectation and and weak expectations for men, 
there's not a whole lot of material out there that is defining for them like what does it mean to act like a man other than like take some steroids, lift some weights, look really good in a certain amount of clothes, be nice, you know, like make come money. on, huh? make uh, yes, thank you, make money, have a big house, provide a lot of goods for your kiddos. There's so much more. So let's get into this. How, what does it mean to act like a man? Okay, so here, guys, listen. I, I I'm telling you right now. The reason why I'm doing this is because I believe you're made for so much more, and I wanna I want to pull the more out of you. So we know this. The bar is set low, and so we want to jump into that. What does it look like? Maybe we have such small expectations of men. I think, hmm. and to be honest, our our wives I think have great expectations for us, but they don't know how to tell us how to be men. Yeah. And so they and they they try to demonstrate, but they don't know how to tell us. And then to be honest, they get frustrated when they're when they're not seeing us being men. And so there's part of them, women speaking, part of our wives, like they want us to be more men, but then they strike this balance of if I step in and tell them how to be a man, then they're gonna be offended. And so they don't say anything at all. Or if they do say something, then they're like, Well, he's not gonna be a man. I'll just step up and do it. Mm. Okay, yeah. and so I I believe we've lost sight of how much uh, God can do. Listen, I think we've lost sight of what God can do through a man who is weak, mm. a man who is broken, a man who is often failing, but a man who is faithful and available. Mm. Why do I say that? Most men feel weak. They do. Most men feel broken in some areas. Most men are often failing in certain areas, but God can use the weak. God can use the broken. God can use that man. All you got to do, guys, all you got to do is be faithful and available to be so much more men of God. That's that's what I'm hoping that comes out of this podcast, okay? Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, you know, yeah, were you going to say something, Jacob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so looking at the Bible, like where would you find some – something like that to for a Christian man to be stronger, fuller vision of a Christian man? Well, that that's a great question. All right, so like we referenced in the most recent episode that, and I, and I still can't get over this fact, that when you study men's resources, a majority of men's resources are coming out of Women's Journal magazine. Mm. And uh, it's really hard to find... Um, resources that are written by men. Now, now listen, don't go do this. But if you go subscribe or buy GQ magazine, you're not going to hear. It's going to be mostly male contributors there, but it's going to be the wrong things. It's going to be like how to get more out of yourself in the bed. It's going to be that kind of stuff. Mm. Like how you can be more for your wife physically and sexually and and not what you what you need to focus on as much all right, being a man, okay? Mm-hmm. But that's actually a great question. And there's a verse that I have used so many times in ministry, and I never looked at it this way until I started digging for this subject. And it's 1 Timothy 4.12, where Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, let no one despise you for your youth. All right, now I've I've focused on that in ministry um, to young guys. Like one of the reasons why Jordan's in the room is Jordan is surrendering to a call to ministry. Um, He's uh, 18, right? Yep. 18. When, When will you be 19? June 27th. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're like 18 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, I was about that age when I felt a call um, into ministry. Rodney, how old were you when you felt the call to ministry? Was it like 14 or 15, you said? 
No, um, no I it was it was closer to high school. Okay, and all right, it, and then it just elevated over time, and then I knew it was a definite like you need to take action. You know, fifteen twenty years ago, and I was just ignoring it. And I mean, Jacob fails a call to ministry, or he wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and I kind of knew that. You know, it was amazing when we first met Jacob. Um, he was telling what he did at his church, and he like ran camera at his church. And we didn't have broadcast. Broadcast wasn't even on the horizon here at the time mm-hmm. um, at our church. But I just knew, well, that young man has a call into ministry. And a call into ministry doesn't always mean that you're like pastor of students or pastor of this or that. I mean, he's he's in essence like the minister of broadcast, you know, <laughs> yeah. God's airwave man, um, <laughs> if that's a title. But here's my point. I've always focused on let no one despise you for your youth. All of these guys, including myself in this room, were very young. But listen to the next part. But set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. I intentionally slowed down because we often read that first few verse, uh, first few words, but we forget to focus on what he says. He tells Timothy, you are to be an example in speech, conduct, love, faith, purity. That's it right there. Wow. That's mm. it right there. That is literally what it means to be a, a man, of the, the Lord of the rings. Our rings are speech, conduct, love, faith, purity. Mm. That's you, what we have to be Lord of. You'll be known by your fruits. You'll yep. be known by your fruits. All right? So here's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about how to do that. So here's what a, here's what a man looks like. A, a man, if we're going to be a Lord of the Rings, okay? Number one, you got to learn to talk like a man. Ah, mm. oh, goodness gracious. Now, it's ironic. Not ironic. It never is how God does this. All right, so we were just sort of joking around. You guys heard it. You know, Jordan was like, man, I can hear my grandfather's accent, how he pronounced my name. And, and so forth like that. I, I did sort of the same thing. So growing up, I thought that listening to my grandfathers, the construction workers that worked in my dad's company, how my dad talked, obviously those are my models of what I thought, like what how it meant to talk like a man. And of course, my dad was like, okay, son, you're going to go on this job site. And I know this contractor, he cusses like a sailor. And this guy's going to do this. And this guy's going to talk. My dad would literally tell me, like, you're going to hear some stuff today. That's not how you talk. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cool. Okay. Yeah. But do we not – often, don't don't we think that to talk like a man, I either, either have to, like, talk loud or I have to come in and, like, be directional or sometimes we validate it by, like, cuss words. Mm. Yeah. But even even how we talk like sets up what we think manhood looks like. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. but he literally tells Timothy there. Paul says, um, "You you need to learn how to demonstrate being a, an example of a godly man, and how you talk." Now, listen, I just said this. We may immediately think of things that men ought not to say, mm. like don't cuss, don't you know, vulgarity, pro- profanity, and. But he's not just talking about that. He's actually talking about what we do say. Mm. So don't make the don't make the mistake of focusing on what you should not say. Let me pause for a minute. <laughs> there are guys that are that are around me often, and they'll drop a cuss word every few, you know, and they don't even know it. And I'm working with them on that. Like, I mean, are you aware, like you in the middle of our conversation, like are you aware that you just dropped like this cuss word? And because it's just they do it so often, 
but that's sometimes we make that mistake by just focusing on what we should not say. But are men really being taught what to say? Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Right? Like yeah. we tell, oh man, you shouldn't speak vulgar like that, or you should remove that conduct. I mean, that language from your mouth. But are we actually being taught what to say? Okay. Now, Paul does say this in Ephesians 5. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk, crude joking, which are out of place, but watch. Instead, let there be thanksgiving. Mm. Paul's a brilliant psychologist here under the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul is not only telling you what to remove from your conversation, he's telling you what to replace it with. Mm. Yeah. And he says, replace it with thanksgiving. So it's not just the absence of profanity, vulgarity, cruelty, but listen, I love this statement. Mm. It is the presence of the startling sound of masculine thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah. Okay, think about coaches, mentors, men in your life, dads, grandfathers. You 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 weren't I mean you heard them if they said things out of anger or out of uh frustration or uh you know profanity or vulgarity or cruelty, if you will. But how we were molded when men of God around us spoke words of encouragement. Encouragement, yeah. That's that's Thanksgiving. Words of wisdom and honesty. Like we've all heard that statement before, like, oh, this guy, he says very little, but when he does, what he says is so wise and the whole room listens. Mm. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. So it's learning how to speak encouragement, wisdom, honesty, gospel hope. Like, when's the last time you heard somebody just get up and talk about the hope in Christ we have for today, not, hey, guys, have you read Fox News this morning? Like, yeah. like, like why even get out of bed? Like, we're done. We're done. Hope. Hope. Speak words of hope. Sound teaching. So, guys, these are the what we're supposed to speak. Let me summarize it, rather the Bible, Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Mm. Man, I'm telling you, the Bible is the greatest resource on the planet. It literally tells you. So the Bible doesn't just tell you, stay away from pornography and don't talk dirty. The Bible actually tells you, be ready with your speech to answer everything anybody and here's how you do it with grace and salt and speak wisdom encouragement honesty and hope so yeah. number, number one you yep. got you got to talk like a man okay yep. so all right don't if you do say cuss words don't don't focus just on not cussing today focus on talking like a man okay you got yeah. that it's kind of like learning how to bowl is not just trying to stay out of the gutter Eventually, Ooh. you got to learn how to hit pins. And Ooh, that's a good point. That hit my mind. No, that that that's, that's a great point. I just chose that moment to throw wisdom. <laughs> wow, I'm taking direction oh and acting on it right away. Wow. All right, so Jacob, in future um, episodes, we need to start adding sound effects. So when, whenever can... Rodney says something, be like, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> ready? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's one like if we made like a pun or a joke, but we we need to get one that anytime Rodney throws something in that is like apropos to the episode, he needs to get like a gold star. Or, yeah. Uh, no applause. way. Applause. <laughs>
Good job, Rodney. Thanks, Rodney. <laughs> I, I don't I don't do it for that, but really, thank you. <laughs> wow, you can tell oh we're into episodes. Gosh. We've done multiple episodes under our belt now because now we're learning how to add sound effects in. And <laughs> that is yeah. so funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so Sound talk like a man. All right, here's number two. So when we yeah. when we consider conversations, okay, like calls, texts, tweets. Oh my gosh, emails. Mm. You know, are we really setting an example for other people to imitate? That's a great question. That's mm. actually a great thought. So it's not just me and you sitting down at Starbucks. Mm. It's how do I talk on the phone? Yeah, my te- my text. Yeah, my emails. My my business emails. Forwarding uh, a meme. F- forwarding Ooh. a... Wow. That's, bro. And that even affects... That's like... I mean, thinking about the verse, it's even talking about the younger generation in the first place. And so like... Ooh. The younger generation definitely has a problem with sending memes <laughs> <laughs> wow. that are bad, bro. Yeah. That yeah. are bad. That's actually a great point that both of you guys just made. It's not just... um. You know, it's the memes, but it's using not. the words of others. Yeah, right. Oh, you, you don't just get a pass because you're forwarding content. Like this is wow. representative of your representation of your character. You're attaching your name to what? Yeah, that person said. Okay, that's a really good point. You don't just get a pass because it's somebody else's language. Wow. That's huge. That was said way better when you did it. <laughs> no. I He's didn't the get a, wise I, one. I didn't yeah. get applause. I don't want any. I'm no, just kidding. No. <laughs> I don't want do it. Do, do it. Do it. No, 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 don't do it. No, just Everybody kidding. listening in their car, go ahead and clap your hands. Yeah. Oh, just kidding. Drive. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. All right. Well, listen, we do have to move on. I do mm-hmm. love this because that's a great point. I hope we write that down because I think that's that's noteworthy to bring back. All right. Number two, act like a man. Number one, talk like a man. All right. Lord of the Rings. We have to monitor our speech. Um, and number two, now we have to monitor our conduct. We're literally following 1 Timothy 4, 12, mm. okay? So what does it mean when when he tells him to set an example in conduct? Now watch. Paul often pairs these first two, speech and conduct, word and works in his letters. Mm. He does it in Romans 15. Mm. He does it in Colossians 3. So first, does your conduct and speech say anything about Christ in your life. You know what I love about being a pastor? And I, I don't want to say it this way necessarily, but do you know what I love about being a pastor? Mm. Here's what I love about being a pastor. When when people don't know I'm a pastor, oh man, they're throwing out F-bombs. Mm. Mm. They're sitting beside <laughs> me somewhere. Or, or I'm not even a pastor, a Christian. I'm sure yeah. this happened. Or the, just look at your guys' reaction. It's happened to y'all. Yeah. Like you sit beside somebody in the store or something, they're just like, blah, 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 blankety, blankety, blank, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And they're like, man, what, what what do you think? And, you know, what do you do? And you're like, I do this. And they're like, oh, man, I, I love Jesus so much. I mean, you know, you know, me and God go way back. And I, I was just reading about this time, me and God. And I'm just looking at him going like, yeah. Bro, I hear, I hear people being like, oh, sorry. I didn't know you were a Christian. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's exactly. like, what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So does your conduct and speech say anything about Christ Mm. in your life. In other words, what kind of conclusions would people draw about your God after watching you for a week, a month, or a year? Mm. Mm -hmm. Good night. All right. Not a conversation. Right. Not a a conversation. A week, a month, or a year, yeah. Exactly. Of watching you. Now, since here's a phrase Paul uses. 
He says this in 2 Peter, Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, he writes, What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Basically, what, he's tra- what he says there is, how are you supposed to live holy in conduct? So remember, sometimes our mouth cannot match our behavior, and yeah. our behavior cannot match our mouth. Yeah. Um, so you've got to be a lord of your mouth, and you got to be a lord of your behavior. Here's number three. Are you ready? A real man defines and demonstrates love. Mm. So what does it mean when he says to set a godly example in love? All right, hang on. It doesn't just mean, um, I don't know, we're, we're just a little bit past you know, Valentine's Day. Um, we got some time under our belt on this one, right? So we often, we, when it comes time to Valentine's Day, we're often thinking, oh, love, love, love. Like into January, we're like, oh, this is all about love. And then we, we walk away from it. Like the chocolates are no longer on the shelves, the little heart shaped goodies are no longer on the shelf. We only think love is a is a seasonal thing, mm. or we think love is just in in certain relationships. It's not. Love is a way of life. Okay, so hang on, you, this might hit you hard. One effective way to evaluate how we spend our time, money, and attention is to ask, what good is it doing for others? Mm. When's yeah. the last time you evaluated? your job on is it good for others or most time we evaluated on like did I close the deal what's mm-hmm. what's my commission going to be like what did it benefit me rather than what am I doing in living my life that actually benefits others mm. wow that's he, good yeah that's what a man is supposed to live for so now remember here's our baseline our baseline are men are made for so much more so guys quit trying to be like every other guy at the job site like yeah. living for themselves, actually try to live for your live for others. What are you doing today that actually helps benefit others? In other words, are others better off because you were in their life? Yeah, mm. man. Wow. Yeah, really I good. literally have a friend um, that calls once every three years, and I can always tell when he calls because he always needs something. Think about that. Like, are, are are you known for that guy that you only call people, hey, man, what's up? And the person's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Like, get past the duble, get past the get past the generalities, yeah. and just go ahead and tell me what you want from me. No, you ought to be known for the guy that when, when that person calls, you're going to bless them. Like, you're going to be benefited. Uh, that person's going to be benefited um, because you're in their life. Here's how he says it. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Paul writes to the leaders in Corinth, act like men. We we used this verse last time, 1 Corinthians 16, act like men, be strong. We love that. Two-time kind of a thing, right? But here's, what, here's how he finishes it. Let all you do be done in love. A strong man is one who knows how to do things in love. A strong man who acts like a man is doing things in love is actually vital to manhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's vital to strength. Listen to the Bible. Love builds up, 1 Corinthians 8. Love unifies, Colossians 2. Love does not prioritize its own, but desires to serve others, Galatians 5. Love works, labors for the good of others, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. All right, guys, listen. Who are you loving? 
Are you loving your spouse? I mean, literally, are you loving your... When you hug your wife, does your wife feel like she's getting hugged? Or does she feel like, oh, he's warming me up for something else? Mm. When you hug your children, do your children just melt into your arms because they feel secure? Or are they a little bit timid because they don't know what's going to come next? Wow. Mm. Lord, I hate to say that. I hate to say that. Mm-hmm. But I do. I know some students, I know some kiddos that when they get hugged by their dad, they're like, well, last time he was a little bit rough, and I don't know if what this was. I hate to say that. That, that makes me sick to my stomach, but it happens. Um, who are you loving? Are you loving a church family? Like, are you involved in a church community where you love that church community? Like, you can't wait to get back to church. Mm, yeah. Uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're in college, are you loving your roommates? If you're in a neighborhood, you're loving your neighbors, your coworkers, the lost? How how are you specifically and tangibly are you loving others? Here's a fourth one. I know we got to move on. Here's a fourth one. Paul writes and he says, in order to stand out like a man, he actually says you got to be a man of faith. Right? First Timothy 4:12, be a man of faith. What does it mean um to set a godly example in faith? Again, love and faith are often married in Paul's letters. Now, while we think of love as something seeable and feelable, we often think of faith as something private mm. and invisible. So how do you set an example? Okay, it's simple. It really is. Basically, guys, you ought to be noticeably, audibly different from other men in the world. Amen. Yeah. That's in simplicity what it means. Like when a man of God walks into a boardroom, the rest of the board members ought to know that's a man of God. Yeah. Doesn't mean they believe your faith. Doesn't even mean they respect your faith. It doesn't even mean that they may or may not come to Christ. What it means is they just know your standards of speech. They know what to expect. They know what to expect. Exactly right. Your standards of speech, conduct, and love are so different. But why? Your bar is set higher and you're living for a higher bar. You're not the average level bar of the average guy. Does that make sense? You're set apart. You're set apart. Couldn't have said it better. They may not be able to see our faith in the same way they hear our words and observe our good works, but they can see us fighting for faith. Now, guys, you if most guys, you ought to re, you ought to resonate with these words, right? Paul says, "Fight the good fight of faith." Fight the good fight. Like, what are you fighting for? Like, most guys know, know, like, listen, right, like right now, there's so many scenarios that run through my head constantly. I don't know, maybe it's because I was, anyway, passions I have in my life, but I'm I'm constantly, when I'm with my girls, I'm constantly looking around, like, no matter where, like, you, you got, I'm looking around, like, all right, if this guy does this, if this happens here, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do, like, I'm constantly in scenario mode of what happens in these scenarios. When I'm driving down the road, I'm like, all right, if some guy jumps out of his car, if a wreck happens, if this, like, I know what to do in those areas. But he says, fight the good fight of faith. Mm. Think about that, you know, for a moment, okay? So what does that even mean, all right? Um, Fight the good fight of faith means being prepared to fight, okay? It means expecting obstacles and even oppositions. It means bearing trials and hardships and disappointments with hope and joy. It means taking time to meet with God when it's not convenient, Mm. when you're tired, 
when work is demanding, when the kids are difficult, because faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. It means meditating on the word day and night. It means pray without ceasing. It means committing to a local church, and it means serving there. Wow, we don't podcast in that last. It probably is. You're you're exactly right. So a lot of guys like, what does it mean to fight? You know, you know what it means to fight for your job. Like if you come mm-hmm. in and you hear that Bob has closed more deals or the other assistant manager um, next to you is already is already kind of, you know, right, like, all right, I got to go. I got to do. It's largest spot a kid just walking, creeping up the ch- chain of command. <laughs> yes, right, right. I mean, but you know what that feels like. Um, a competitor steps in, like maybe you own a pool business. I don't know, yeah. electrical business. Um, lawn care business. And all of a sudden you see two new lawn care trucks in your area. You shape up. You shape up. Yeah. You're like, all right, I got to revisit my, 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 uh, contracts, make sure everybody's <laughs> happy with me. They don't, you know, I don't lose a contract here. Exactly. We know what it means to fight for a job. We know what it means to fight for other things, but you have to fight for the faith. Again, what we said was this, you have to stand out like a man by being a man of faith. Number five, we're almost done. Be a business Man, you can't see it, um, but how I spelled it out is by emphasis. Um, it's bi- the word business, and then it's hyphen man, and it to me, I capitalized it. Uh, we're all businessmen, but I want you to focus on doing the business that God's called you to do. A man of business. A man of, a man of business. That's a great way to say it. Paul says it this way. He says, be a man of purity. All right, well, what does it look like to set a godly example in purity? Now, we know the type of purity Paul had in mind. So now we sort of come back to where I've started. Paul had in mind um, at least sexual purity, right? Like, don't be like other guys. And this can go into so much more than just like pornography and images and lust. It goes back to the culture Mm. that he was in. Yeah. Um, and what existed there, like we don't have time for that, but we will hopefully later. But he says to younger men in the same letter, he says, encourage older men as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Like what he's talking about here is how to relate to others first. Yes, obviously in the, of the opposite sex, but he's talking about a kind of self-respect and self-control that will set, to Jordan's point, a young man apart in our world. A world filled with men looking to satisfy their sexual lust, scrolling through apps to hook up with someone new, and moving from one thing to another without a second thought. He's basically, What we're talking about is how to be men of self-control and self-respect and treat people the way God wants them to be treated. Men who relate to women in all purity will not be like most men. Why? Because they know they know God and they have a relationship with Christ and and they view humanity differently. And so a guy that is strong in purity, you've met you, this is you become the lord of the rings in this area. You're you're set apart. Like and women around you know it. Men around, like, they're not going to come tell you the crude jokes because they know, like, well, that guy just doesn't stand for that. Like, right. or they don't make off comments, uh, off-color comments around you. Now, 
this purity involves more than sexual purity, um, right? It's 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 everywhere. It's social media. It's 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 everything about us. Um, and so you and I have to just guard our hearts and our minds with purity. In other words, a single devotion and affection made toward God. Remember, men are made to be so much more than what we think. Let me just say this. None of this diminishes the importance of men reading the Bible. Yeah. Remember, I started with that. Mm-hmm. And resisting pornography. In fact, men who pursue godliness in these areas, speech, conduct, love, faith, purity, will be zealous to meditate on the Word of God and jealous for purity. Yeah. That's okay? good. Yeah. So, But don't overlook pornography and the hold that it has on folks. And I'm not talking about hardcore um, images and, and stuff. I'm talking about TV shows that are inappropriate. Um, never, but obviously never downplay the Bible and never downplay prayer. We're not. But let's call men to be more, to bless others with their words, to not waste their lives, or endless screen time scrolling, to lay yeah. down their schedules, give God their energy, be strong in love, to go hard after God day in and day out, to control the use of their bodies with honor and holiness. That's it. So years ago, actually, I don't even know how many years ago, it was when I was first called into ministry, I was blessed to go to a conference where Dr. John MacArthur was speaking, and this was a pastor's conference, and he stood up and spoke on uh, a, a man of God. That was literally the title of the sermon, and it's now been turned into like a little pamphlet or something like that, and he said he uses this when he's ordaining guys in the ministry, and I thought, I want that, and so anyway, here's what he said. John MacArthur said, a man of God is known by. All right, we're about ready to close this. So if you're on the treadmill, (laughs) go down into your cool down period because this is going to be about five minutes, maybe less. A man of God is marked by what he flees from. Mm. Noting, obviously, there in the scriptures, Joseph running out of Potiphar's wife's bedroom. But a man of God is marked by what he flees from. You see, culture tells you you're marked by what you run after. Mm. You're running after the dollar. Are you running after success? Are you running after retirement? Actually, a man of God is is noted by what he flees from. He said, number two, a man of God is marked by what he follows after. Notice the word there, follows after. Because whatever you follow, you become. Mm-hmm. So what are you following right now? Like social media, who are you following? What are you viewing? Who is your yeah. business model that you're following after? Like what what right now on television, on images, on influences? Gaming. Are, huh? Gaming. Yes. All are, of these gateway yeah. know, uh, uh, attachments that people get sucked into. And then all of a sudden you start removing mm. yeah. all of the filters that – Yeah. You know what? What are you? What are you following after? Um, number three, a man of God is marked by what he fights for. A man of God is marked mm-hmm. by what he he fights for. Yeah. Again, we said that. What do you fight? Are you fighting the good fight of faith? And then number four, a man of God is marked by what he is faithful to. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let me repeat those, and then we're done. Thank you guys for giving us this time today. I know there's a lot. Honestly. There's so much here. I'm kind of glad we only do this um, once a week because if I were you, I would go in and break this up in like 15-minute segments. I'm not not even sure how long this is um, now, 35, 40, 45 minutes. I'd break it up into 15-minute sections and listen to 
um, a little bit at a time on on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That is if you're listening to it on a Tuesday when it comes out. A man of God is known by what he flees from, what he follows after, what he fights for, and what he is faithful to. Whew, that was a lot. I, I'm, I'm I'm done. I'm I'm. I, what What do you guys think, Rodney, Jacob? Any closing? Even Jordan? What do you guys think? Any closing Yo, comments? Actually, I do have a closing comment. Something you said earlier that I want to like highlight because okay. I think it's probably uh, the thing that is heard least from mm. a lot of the guys, and it's what you should be doing, not what you shouldn't be doing. Because there's so much like a lot of people know what's wrong to do, yeah. and they just kind of leave it at that. Yeah. But there's so often that people just shut down after right. they don't know. And so you you were saying it means meditating on the word day and night. Mm-hmm. It means praying without ceasing. It means committing to a local church and serving there. That's wow. three steps that literally is the easiest thing. Like if you're looking for direction and, yeah. and you're like lost, that's it right there. Wow. That's perfect outgoing commentary. That you're right. Good. You're right. That's awesome. I was thinking, like, just how are you setting an example in your life? Like, what what's your if you have a son, what is he looking up to? What mm. if you have the younger men in your life, like at work, at church, at you know wherever other men in your family, like, like how are they looking up to you and what you say, do, like what you fight for, who you're right. faithful to, and your how you act, that kind of thing. Mm. So just the example side of things. Yeah, and you being the father of a very young son, I mean, you're noticing like he's watching even at his young age. He's yeah. watching you. Yeah. Like nothing. I mean, he's just like eyes on dad. Yes. Like in every area. That's a great point. Great perspective from a young dad. Rod, you got anything as we head as we head on out? No, I you know, Jacob just kind of hit it. I've got yeah. two boys. I have the oldest and the youngest are boys. Mm. And and they do. They hawk every single thing you do. And they want to emulate. They want to mock. They want to be like. They want yeah. to be like dad. Yeah, and I've. I. I think you mentioned this in a sermon series. Also, I can't remember which one now, but. But it's important for me also when I'm when I trip up or I make a mistake and I do it in front of them, I tell them that I made that mistake. Right. Um, because they think you're perfect. Mm-hmm. They yeah. really do. They think that you're like you. What you do is is the code. Yeah. And so you have oh, to yeah. tell them when you make bad choices and why it's a bad choice and you know and th- then th- you know that opens up conversations of grace and mm-hmm. and everything else but uh just as important as being the perfect leader or tr- striving to be godlike you also have to make sure that you're coaching mm-hmm. on the downside too. Mm-hmm. Man, three awesome takeaways perspectives. Thank you guys, as always, for um, t- uh, listening in and following and continue to share. I'm telling you, so many guys, this is making impacts on. And so front sight, find us everywhere podcasts are. Like, follow, subscribe, share, share, share. Have a blessed day, guys. Yeah.